It's time for Dodger baseball. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! There it goes! See ya! The sports department at WFUV and the history behind it are a story largely untold. That is, until now. The voices that have shaped the student-run station for the last seven decades dive into their time at Rose Hill. This is the Off the Air Podcast, the legacy of WFUV Sports. How's it going, everybody? This is the Off the Air Podcast, diving in to the legacy of WFUV Sports. Nick DeLuca, Alex Wolls here with you. And today, a very special guest. He is synonymous with the legacy here at WFUV, Bob Aaron's former longtime executive producer, sports director here at WFUV. And Bob, an incredible storyteller, knowing so much history of this program, really looking forward to getting a chance to chat with him. Yeah, there's a lot of things to look forward to here, Nick. I think the first thing, to even backtrack further than that, the first off the air in a really long time, that's yeah. exciting. This was the one we were waiting for. There was some scheduling going on behind the scenes to, to make this happen. So this is really exciting. Your first time back in the studio and what feels like a decade. It's been a while. That's it's not exciting. quite a decade. I'm not I mean, that old. Well, with the pandemic, the way time goes. These yeah, days, yeah, I mean, yeah. What, sophomore year, right? That's what we it's, said? It's been a little while since I've been on a mic in the studio. It's It's been a while. Well, we missed you. That's number one. Good, oh, well, thank you. you. The, yeah. mic, the mic missed you, so it's good to have you back. <laughs> and, and no, obviously, this is really exciting. You know, anybody that, I, I will say, we were talking about this a little bit with Bob about you were really one of his last students, and I right. was not part of his class, but still, one of my first experiences with him was the football primer that he always does, and that was really special, and getting to just have really brief interactions with him, and now to have the chance here to dive deeper and really do what off the air is meant to do is really really exciting there's no one better than than bob to do this podcast with absolutely because he's seen it all he's been through it all had the opportunity to work with so many great people throughout any number of years and just curious to get his input on on some of what brought him to wfuv his relationship with marty glickman who is also on that mount rushmore Mm. of fuv and those guys who have made such a huge impact on our on our program and some of the students and the interactions that he's had with them and some of what made his experience at FUV so memorable, what he enjoyed the most is something that I'm looking forward to chatting. Yeah, and you and I both hear a lot of those secondhand stories about Bob, right? You know, yeah. the one about Mike Watts that we always talk about where he's cut off, you know, five seconds into the broadcast. My favorite is DJ Sixsmith where he talks about having a blind man next to him to be asked to describe <laughs> a game. Yeah. It's what you, when you hear this stuff, like that cannot be true. And then when you talk to Bob, it all is true. So to get a firsthand account of some of these really great stories. But really, I think the most important thing, the heart that lies at the bottom of it, right? You know, everybody always has such a special relationship with Bond, with uh, with, with uh, Bob and how they still talk to him, you know, months later, years later, some alumni decades later. That's a really, really special thing. So excited to get that firsthand account from him about some of these experiences and the things that were so special about FUV. Some of the most special stories and one of the most special people yeah. to walk the halls here at Fordham and in the studio at WFUV. Without further ado, the longtime executive producer and sports director here at WFUV, Bob Ahrens. We've had a secret weapon at Fordham for 17 years, and that man is Bob Ahrens. I can't tell you how important it was having you in my corner, always willing to go the extra mile. And uh, I know I've said it to you in the past, but I just want you to know how much that means to me. He's basically the reason we are here, and that is Bob Aarons, because there's no way that I am who I am in my career uh, without you, and I'm not in any way the only person that can say that. What you've done for WFUV in maintaining that standard, the gratitude and the appreciation that we have for you, 
and the impact that you've had on so many young sportscasters is absolutely remarkable. What's up, everybody? This is the Off the Air podcast, where we dive into the legacy of WFUV Sports. And today, a very special guest who is synonymous with that legacy, longtime executive producer and sports director here at WFUV Sports, Bob Ahrens. Bob, awesome to talk to you. How are you today? I'm fine, guys. Nice to be with you. That It's great. I mean, your legacy is, is certainly at the top of the list of anybody who has walked the halls here at Fordham and with WFUV, so we appreciate you taking some time. I wanted to start, Bob, with your relationship with Marty Glickman and what brought you to Fordham. What was that experience like when you first got to WFUV? Oh, uh, I knew Marty because of my time back at Syracuse. And uh, like you guys, when I when, during summer break, I went and visited him in the studio and spent some some time when he was on WFAN, WMGM, whatever the WHN, whatever it was called at that time. And we developed a relationship over the years. And uh, I was sitting home one day after uh, uh, I don't know. Marty calls me up and uh, says, "I got a job for you." <laughs> and uh, and it was his recommendation to Dr. Jennings. They got me the job. I went through the interview process, and uh, you know the rest, I guess, is history. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious, Bob. Too, we talk about WV, who already had a bit of a history before you coming here. Kind of, what was your initial kind of like when Nick said your initial reaction? You talk about going through the interview process, getting to know Marty. What was your first reactions when you started at WFV, getting to know the students, getting to walk the halls here in Keating? What was your initial reactions just when you your first days on the on the Roseville campus? Oh boy, uh, it was you know. Uh, you know, it had been a while since I was on a college campus. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, a certain amount of the Syracuse thing came came back and when I got into the station and, you know, toured it. Uh, you know, I remember my days at uh, at WAER in Syracuse. And, uh, and at that time when I was there, it was only in a shack, you know, mm. across from the gym. It's a little bit different now. But, uh, you know... Uh, and then, you know, I got wind of the, the relationship of some of the New York broadcasters to WFUV Sports, and that sort of uh, said where it was. And uh, I, was, I, was, I was legitimately impressed. Hmm. We talked a little bit about Marty Glickman and that connection bringing you to Fordham, but I'm curious if we could take a little bit of a deeper dive into that, just your relationship with Marty bringing you to WFUV and, and maybe some of the things – that you were able to learn from him? Oh, boy. Uh, well, I guess over the years, you know, I mean, uh, Marty and I talked about broadcasting on and off for a good many times. Mm. And, uh, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, with someone like Marty, uh, you never stop learning. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I teach Marty Glickman, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's it. I guess to me that's the biggest compliment. And uh, he shared it. Uh, uh, at one point, uh, we we did a series on how to broadcast sports, and we, I sort of thought I had someone who was going to you know distribute it and stuff. It never happened. I mean, the tapes are around somewhere, <laughs> but at this point they're dated. But we did, but we did the four major sports and how to do it, and. and uh, 
you know, on radio and on television. We actually did boxing, too. Marty did boxing. Wow. Which I'll tell you something I learned after that I never knew. And I don't <laughs> remember it being on the air. Marty told me. Marty used to do the direct sports uh, boxing matches on Fridays at 10. And I would occasionally tune in and whatever. But Marty told me for about two years his partner was Jackie Robinson. Wow. Who well, obviously Marty knew from the days at Brooklyn. And I, I don't remember that. Mm. But uh, uh, I, I certainly trust Marty that it happened. Is there is there something that, that sticks out to you just in particular, one of the teachings, lessons that Marty passed along to you that you felt like was really influential for the people that you worked with and mentored? And something, Bob, I thought was interesting about that, too. I found an article from a couple years ago that you did with the sports broadcaster, and when you kind of talked about these four major things that you learned from Marty, I don't know if you remember these at all, but it was about preparation, talking about your style being something that's true to you, about the game and not you, and then about the only person who tunes into a game to listen to hear the broadcast is his mother. I was curious if you had any just reactions to hearing those again and some of the things that you, you took away from Marty. Oh, God, you sort of got it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just wanted I mean, to refresh I, you. I, I, I mean, basically, it's not, you know, the, it's not you. It's the game. You know, uh, you're just a conductor of what is happening on the court, the ball field, whatever, the rink, no matter what it is. You are the conduit between the listener or viewer and the game. And, uh, you know, never forget that you're not bigger than the game. And something on that note, too, Bob, there's a lot of really great stories about some of your time here at FUVG. We've had the chance on this podcast to talk to a lot of different alumni, kind of talking about their experiences, meeting you for the first time, calling a game with you over their shoulder. And there's some really incredible stories from that. And I was just curious when you talk about working with the students in WFUV, what was kind of your, your style and interacting with them and how you tried to lead them and, and kind of balance, you know, being tough when it needed to be, but also having a, a loving relationship with the students, too, and how you kind of balanced those two things at FUV. Okay. Uh First of all, I was not teaching college broadcasting. That was, the that was the first thing. I was teaching professional broadcasting and, uh, you know, uh, and set up the program at the time that it, uh, you know, put you guys uh, and gals uh, into the market with the, you know, professional broadcasters, you know, from, from all the stations in the area and on the networks. And, uh, uh, my feeling was, if you're gonna want, if you want to do this for a living and you're gonna practice it, you might as well get all the standards that you're gonna have to have four years, four years or less from now. And uh, uh, the concept worked, and the people believed in it. And uh, I think uh, getting credentialed by the by the major league teams was something that sort of, you know, sent that message home that you guys were out there in the market with the pros and doing the same stuff. Bob, when we talk to alums, very many of them that work very closely with you have a Bob Aaron story. I know Mike Watts, a friend of ours, talks about how he did his first soccer demo and you cut him off maybe the first line into the game saying that wasn't your voice. Or Ryan Rucco told a story recently about him calling in Joe Buck fashion back at the wall, we are tied during a Fordham baseball game that he was calling when he was here at WFUV. Is there a moment that sticks out to you about working with a student and one of those interactions where you had to correct something? 
Oh boy. Uh, I guess the the, the Mike Watts thing was, <laughs> was, 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 was really one. Uh, uh, he was ready to pack it up and go home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, he, you know, he started being an announcer. He started being someone he wasn't. And I stopped him probably less than a minute into what he was doing. And, uh, he later called home and told his mother he was probably going to come home. <laughs> I get here in August, and I have to sit in the coach's booth of the football stadium for a soccer match. I had done soccer before. This wasn't so hard. And I get 15 seconds in because I used to have this really announcery voice. I was 18, and I wanted to sound 38, and I wanted to sound cool more than anything. And... Uh, Bob just hits the stop button. He goes, what was that? <laughs> who was that? Where's Mike Watts? That's who you need to be. And I called my mom that night, and I said, Mom, I can't do this. This is not going to work out. Bob is a dictator. This is, I, I can't, you know, I have this style that I've worked on for years, and it's all turned to absolutely nothing. And then Bob starts building you up again. Above all else. Obviously, he did uh, Mike's a good friend. Talked to him the other day, and uh, he's doing well. And you know, he's uh, doing a lot of soccer, and he's doing does the preseason for the Bengals and mm-hmm. some other stuff. Yeah, and he's going to be calling the Fordham game this weekend. Actually, for Senior Day with, with Andrew Bogus. So obviously, like you mentioned there, it certainly has has stuck with him. And it's kind of on that note too that Nick mentioned that it's something that we were both actually a little bit curious about. Is we he mentioned kind of a lot of the different broadcasters that you've worked with. Is there anybody who? When, you, when they came to Fordham as a freshman, to when they graduated as a senior, you saw a particularly massive transformation uh, from or something that you were really impressed by, like seeing someone's development in their time at Fordham as a broadcaster. Oh, boy. There are... There are with, I don't necessarily want to single anyone <laughs> out because, uh, you know, going from a freshman to a senior, uh, as, as you guys are learning, is a big step. And, you know, you're not the same guys you, you were when you came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're not going to be the same guys four or five years from now when you're out there doing it. You keep, you keep growing and you, and you keep learning. And as the business grows, you grow with it. Uh, this is not the same business that I grew up with, obviously. It's a whole different, it's a whole different world and it, keeps, and it keeps changing. Does that answer your question? No, no, it definitely does. I, like you said, it's hard to single anybody out, but Nick and I talk about this a lot. Like, even over the course of the season, things can change a lot. And I know that's something we've spoken about a bunch and how you, those improvements happen. And, you know, no matter how it comes, there's always going to be a, a difference between the freshman and, and a senior. Absolutely. So. It's amazing. Almost like the more you do it, the better that you get. <laughs> and and I know that that's something that you tried how to. Strange. How I, strange. I know. I know. How strange that is. <laughs> I know you it's something. You got to actually do it to get better. Absolutely, I know it's something that you tried to hammer home with with me and with everybody. So uh, it is it is funny how that happens, Bob. It really is. Uh, you mentioned that Mike Watts and you talked the other day, and I know that you hear from a lot of the former students that that you worked with. Is there something in particular that makes you happiest when you hear from them, or is it more just the continuation of that relationship that you formed here at WFUV? Uh, well, first. I guess at my age, it's nice to be remembered. <laughs> That's one. But two, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I love hearing from them and, and what they're doing, and you know, and uh, a number of them periodically get in touch one way or another, uh, and let and let me know what where they're going and what they're doing. And to me, that's. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, it's 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 like. Uh, 
I sort of have my army out there. <laughs> and, you know, at, at, this, at this point in my life, it, it's, it's great to see. It's also great to see that they still remember and stay in touch. Absolutely. And something on that note, too, Bob, just to dive into your time at FUV a little bit more. I was curious. We've talked a little about on the broadcasting standpoint. Another thing that you were obviously so well known for is the beat reporting at WFUV and talking about the importance of professional broadcasters, but also professional reporters. And there's a lot of great stories from this, too, about the original offer you got from the Mets and, and turning that down and that, what you thought was maybe a bold move at the time. Can you just tell us a little bit about how you were able to get into these professional clubhouses and, and start beat reporting at WFUV, which means so much to, to all of us today? It was sort of, I guess, I'm not sure whether it was luck or boldness or whatever. Uh, the Mets story is true. The Mets, <laughs> the Mets said you can come to, to one game, which they'd always let the station do, and I turned them down, which, was, which may have seemed stupid at the time. But it wasn't quite that stupid because the Yankees had agreed to do it. And once the Yankees agreed, the Mets agreed. Hmm. You know, they weren't, they weren't going to be left alone. And we went with the baseball for a year or two, and then we and we we, we started adding, and eventually we we got all the team, and became a regular uh, part of the New York media sports scene, and uh, you know, uh, and that you know, and that sort of uh, you know proved to everybody that it could be done, and FUV was you know was more was was not a college was a professional radio station, and the students were. Uh, doing a professional job. Bob, I know we, we talk about that story and you getting uh, having a hand in, in making sure that we were able to, to go out as a station and cover those games professionally. I'm curious for you how important that was because to me, that seems like one of the, yeah. the most foundational pieces of what makes this place so special. How important was that to be able to set WFUV up to be in the professional scene here in New York City? Oh, that was a big thing. That was a big thing. It, you know, as I said, uh, I was teaching how to do this professionally, not in a college manner. And you're in the New York market, the uh, the number one market in the country. And uh, you're here, and uh, you know, the Yankees said yes, the Mets said yes, and then about a year or two later, we we started to pile on the rest of the team. And talking about the New York market, uh, one of the things that obviously is really foundational here at FUV is one-on-one. And something that I've always loved listening to old interviews about one-on-one is how, at the time when that kind of started, there was no New York sports media. There was no call-in shows like like what one-on-one became. So I'm curious for you, Bob, What when you were here at FUV, what was to you the most special thing about one-on-one? Or how did you treat that, that you really thought it was such a valuable part of, of New York sports media and the market that it is, like you mentioned? Yeah, there was a talk show. Oh, there was one. Yes, yes. Back Art Rush had a yep, talk yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Back in, the, back, in, back, in the 60s, back in the 60s. He'll be calling in. Yeah. Or, or earlier. And, uh, you know, I mean, I listened to that. And then uh, eventually uh, eventually the fan came along. And, uh, you know, uh, the only way to make, to make you guys believe in what was happening, okay, was to, was to go out and be on a par with... With, with everybody else, hmm. and you had the same rights and privileges, and uh, did a lot of the same things, and sometimes some things that they didn't do. And uh, you know, it expanded. We covered golf, we covered tennis. You know, the major tournaments that were in New York. Uh, eventually, we took the show on the road occasionally. You mentioned taking the show on the road, Bob. Was there a, a favorite show that you did 
taking things away from the Rose Hill Studios here at WFUV, a favorite experience that you were able to have with the students? No, I'm not sure it was a fa- that it was a favorite experience. I mean, in the early days, we we definitely had we definitely had to make sure we had you know we mm. got yeah you know, we got the line back to the station and everything and everything worked, uh, which for the most part over the years it did. Fortunately, it fortunately did. And then uh, you know, uh, and, look, my greatest experience was watching the kids have their great experience, mm. and and the fact that they they realized once they started going to the game and having the, and, and having the same stuff that the rest of the New York sports media had, they were actually part of the media. You know, it, it was believable. I don't think it was believable when I first started out to them that it could happen. I didn't know it could, it could happen. Hmm. Look, I turned, the Mets, I, 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 I turned the Mets down, which was a bold move at the time. It could have been stupid. But it didn't turn out. It didn't turn out to be. And the fact that the uh, the Yankees were doing it almost made the Mets, you know, have to do it. And, and it's funny you mentioned that too, Bob, because one of the things I really wanted to tell you is that, like, as, as sports manager, some of the things that have been really special for me to see, and you kind of talk about beat reporting, like Nick does, is you know, I'll get text messages from kids sometimes who kind of tell me, you know, when they go to cover a Knicks game or go to cover a Yankees game, this is a really special experience. You know, I'm really grateful for this and the opportunity to do this and that's something like like Nick kind of mentioned we do owe it to you in some sense and how special that beat reporting is to be a part of New York media to be in press conferences you know one of my favorite things is when people say I got to ask this player a question or things like that you know I'm curious for you were there any of those stories that you got from kids in just terms of uh, going through these experiences and having you know getting to ask a question getting to cover a game or a special moment that you can kind of remember having with a student at FUV oh boy I would guess there were lots of them Mm. okay uh I mean, early on, uh, I went to some of these things mm-hmm. when it's when it first started. I, uh, you know, teams teams wanted to make sure that the, the kids were supervised, and then you know, uh, which which was fine because I enjoyed going to the games. Number one and number two, uh, listening and watching them broadcast the perfect, you know, and and listening to, and watching them, and then eventually, uh, you know. Uh, I yeah I guess the teams mutually decided I didn't need to be at every game that they went to. Uh, I mean I still had my season credential, but you know I I picked my spots. I mean the kids, the, the guys, you guys, you and gals did all the work. You know, uh, uh, you know once you got over the awe of being in Yankee Stadium or the or uh, Giants Stadium or Madison Square Garden, uh, you know. Uh, once you once you treat it as a normal thing and part of your work routine, you everybody was fine. And I I figured the first time you guys go when you're young, it's a, it's it's an awesome experience. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll certainly never forget my first time walking in to a Staten Island Yankees clubhouse <laughs> as, a, as a scared freshman in the summer, and and that was certainly uh, an amazing experience and and something that that set me up to be. Certainly a lot more comfortable now in those settings than I was back then. Bob, there are, there are a couple of things that you always taught that really resonate with me. I'll paraphrase here on the first one being that when stuff is live, stuff happens. <laughs> and, and the other one is, is the story that you always tell about Red Barber and Vin Scully walking into the Brooklyn Dodgers booth for the first time and being that the only thing that you can bring into the booth that nobody else can is you. 
Those two things seem to be at the heart of, of what you taught. How central were they to, to getting through to the students you were trying to coach up? Oh, abso- oh absolutely. You did not have to go in and imitate Mel Allen or Red Barber or Vince Scully. You just had to be yourself uh, and, and, and do what you did. You could do. I think, uh, I think that's been proven over the years. There are lots of guys out there, and uh, the, FUV, the FUV crew is... Uh, is strong among them. There's a lot of FUV people out both on and on and off the air. Uh, Red, there was another story that um, I think Vin told. I think Vin told me uh, uh, days with Red. Uh, uh, Red, Vin was responsible for getting the starting lineups from the team, and there was a change in something that he got. I forget the, the whole story at this point, but there was a change in something he got. Uh, player change, and Red asked why. And Vin had no answer because he never asked the question. <laughs> and that was the last time something happened down with the press that Vin never asked that question. Red was a, Red was a good teacher. And then on the flip side of that, Bob, I wanted to focus on the other note Nick hinted on about the live element. Obviously, he introduced you as an executive producer, and I was curious, we talk a lot about broadcasting. What was your main message to people that were producers behind the scenes and things to keep in mind beyond the, the live is live uh, of quote? Uh, boy. Well, stay in the game. Uh, but are we, we going to you talking about games? Either or, one, yeah, whether it's games or shows or just general things that you thought were important for producers to, to keep in mind. Well, one, pay attention to what is going on. You know, uh, things happen during a broadcast. Uh, most of them good, but as you guys have learned, not all of them are 100% <laughs> good. Uh, you know, and, and you know, technology is such that you still can lose a signal every once in a while. Yep. Uh, uh, obviously, that's out of your control, but, you know, the technology is such that you can reasonably get it back pretty quickly. Uh, but just pay attention to what's going on, because... Uh, you know, everyone in an individual person can't see or be aware of everything that is happening. Okay. And uh, producer's job is to make sure that what has to be done gets done. And he also knows certain things are happening. You know, somebody's warming up in the bullpen in the picture and the broadcaster hasn't mentioned it. All you got to do is, if I'm with them, is point down the field. If I'm not with them, is you know, send a message to them over the phone through the to the on-air producer. So uh, it was teaching production as well. You know, well, you know, it was, you know, producing a game, as I think you guys have learned, it's not exactly the simplest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. It's not hard, but it's not simple. Bob, we, we know how great a mentor and a teacher that you were to so many, you know, including myself here at, at WFUV and, and the lessons that you were able to share about so many things, whether it be, you know, one-on-one, beat reporting, play-by-play. Is there something for you that you found most difficult hmm. to teach and to get across to some of your students? Oh, boy. That's the first time I've ever been thrown that question. <laughs> oh, i got to think for a minute. I don't recall. I guess the most difficult thing, thing I had to do was convince them that they were legitimately doing this. Hmm. And the fact that you know, uh, this wasn't just a college exercise to go to a ball game and, and cover it or, or, or do or do it, uh, but go to a ball game and pay attention and you know hone your craft if it's what you really want to do. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a difference. 
as you know, between being on the air and producing. Okay, but you, but a producer has to know what goes on and what's supposed to go on on the air, and the broadcasters have to know what the producer's job and responsibility are, because you can't function without each other. Yeah. That's that's the key. This is a teamwork thing, like like any base, like any team. Broadcasting is a teamwork thing. Uh, a little bit more so in television because you've got all the cameras and everything else, but it's a teamwork thing on the radio between the producers and broadcasters and any engineer, of course. Yeah, and something that I love that you mentioned there too, Bob, I remember we're talking about the importance of actually doing this, and I know for me, and I don't know how you feel about this, Nick, but like, I don't think that you truly understand how, how important it is to be on 90.7 until you're in your car listening on the radio to a broadcast that might be happening. So I'm just curious for you, Bob, too, when you think about the 90.7 um, and the ability to be on the radio and to call live basketball and live football and to host one-on-one, what do you think is the significance of that? Even today, the importance of radio as a medium and a place for people to kind of have a, have a voice here at, at FUV. Well, okay. Uh, have either of you done any television at all? You have, right? V- very, very briefly, little, but very I've done little. some. Yep. Streaming these days, I oh, guess we could call it. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, as you know, there's a vast difference between doing radio and television. Mm-hmm. Radio, you have to get everything in. Television, you've got the cameras to help you, and you can point stuff out. Uh, and uh, you just have to be aware of what goes on during the ball game. You know, uh, what's going on with the manager or the coach and the players and, you know, uh, what the situation is in a, at a given point in time, what the standings are, what the relationship of the game is to the standings and the season. Because everything has a relationship. You know, you win a game, fine. You lose a game, you can't get the win back. But nobody, for the most part, has in any sport, has gone undefeated in a season. One or two in football, but other than that, nobody's gone undefeated in, in a season. More on the college level than the pro level. Bob, you, you coached one-on-one, play-by-play, beat reporting. Was there something that you found to be most rewarding mm-hmm. in, in getting uh, students to, to turn things you know, in, a, in a more professional direction? Was there something that you, you found most fun, whether it be working with somebody doing play-by-play, Teaching them how the, the ropes on how to beat report or, or you know listening into one on one. Well, the fun, the enjoyment for me was seeing the students grow over the four years or three, depending how many years they were there, uh, uh, and, and, and watching them grow and you know become you know uh, become not not boys but men and people out working for a living and. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, and the number of them that have continued, both on and off the air, uh, to, to me is amazing. I mean, the quality of what FUV has sent out to the field is amazing. The quality of what FUV has sent out to New York broadcasting, especially in a lot of the off-the-air stuff, mm. is, is, is amazing. I mean, there are alumni basically at every one of the leagues, or have been at every one of the leagues at one point, you know, uh, which, you know, and uh, have worked for a lot of the stations, both on and off the air. And something on that note, too, about the things that you find most rewarding. I remember my first encounter with you, Bob, was when you did the football broadcasting primer when I was a freshman. And I remember it was a really, really engaging session as someone that's coming with a freshman and learning so much about that world of broadcasting. And this was even after you had left WFUV. You know, why was it so important for you to continue giving back to the students, even now that you have retired from the position and continuing to give back and continuing to help students here here at the station? Oh, boy. 
Well, I I don't want to say I don't want to say it was part of the job. It was just part of me. Hmm. Uh, uh, if I wasn't professional, you guys were not going to be professional. I mean, you, you, whoever teaches you, you take your you you take your leave from whoever your teacher is, right or wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, uh, you know, if I let you get a look, if I let you get away with stuff. You would continue to get away with it as yeah, long yeah. as you could. And it might prevent you from getting a job when you get out of WFUV. It might not, but, but you know, uh, you want the tapes or your resume to be the best they can be. So you want them to be proper and, you know, and, 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 what, uh, and, and, and what you need. Therefore, you know, uh, you go to college to learn. This was just a different kind of learning experience than you probably would have expected going to college, especially in New York. Yeah, absolutely. Is there something through all the years that you miss the most about doing the job? Oh, boy. Watching the students grow from what they start out as to to where they end, whether it's on or off the air. I mean, it's, um, you know, I mean, I mean, in, I mean, in addition to uh, you know, to um, on the air broadcasters, you know, there's there's producers, there's directors, there's there's people doing video and and and, and, and different functions for television. I mean, there's FUV people all over the place. Mm-hmm. Plus, as well, working for all the leagues. I mean, it's 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 an impressive list, believe me. Yeah. And I you know, and I couldn't I couldn't even at this point, yeah, you know, I could do it early on. But I can't run off everybody anymore. There's been there's been too many of you, for, you know, twenty years, you know, six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred, you know, went through the program, maybe a thousand. I don't know. I mean, there were there were years when I started when it was small, and then it, it, and then the, the, it it grew, and as FUV got the reputation, it grew more for a while. I mean, uh, uh, it was a it was a place to go and become a broadcaster. And something you've hit on a lot, Bob, throughout this interview so far is about video. And one thing I wanted to ask you, too, is over your time at FUV and even since, how have you kind of seen broadcasting evolve, you know, talking about introducing beat reporting and and introducing a new video component, talking about how technology has changed? What is something you've seen or how you think broadcasting is going to keep changing in in the next few years here as it already has? Well, you know, uh, the pandemic sort of sent us back to the past when announcers didn't go on the road for, for a while. Uh, and did gains off a monitor. But, uh, you know, as the technology improves, okay, I mean, doing the game uh, is not going to totally change mm-hmm. in terms of, in terms of uh, how you broadcast the game. But the things that go into broadcasting will change as the technology changes. It's not going to change very much on radio, obviously. But it's totally changed. It's totally changed over the years on television, how a game is done. And, you know, I, I think you guys have watched enough television and enough games to note that. Uh, you know, adding a camera to, to a broadcast drastically changes how the game is covered. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, is, is, you know uh, sometimes I even think uh, there may be occasionally too many cameras. <laughs> uh, let me try this. When I first started, there was no such thing as instant replay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I got involved. Then I, then I then I wound up, you know, when I 
when when the Yankees when the Yankees first got instant replay, uh, Jack Murphy, who was the, the director uh, for Channel Eleven and one of the great t- baseball directors of I think of all time, uh, said to the guys, "We're not going to play any anything that's ordinary just to show we have the instant replay machine." Hmm. You know, every, all, everybody who had replay wanted to show off their new toy. Now, and these were the days when the when the replay machine ran for a minute and then recycled and started again. So you had to be pretty quick to get it, keep it, and whatever. Uh, and uh, the replay camera obviously was going all through the game and recording. And... We got to the sixth inning, and Murphy was going crazy because <laughs> he was nothing that he deemed viable to go to the cameras to show the replay. He finally got something in the sixth inning. I can't even remember what it was. <laughs> but, but that tells me someone who, who knows the game, knows what his craft is, knows what's important, you know, uh, Everybody got a replay machine. That's fine. It's what you do with the replay right. machine that that counts. And these were the early days, and everybody and everybody replayed a lot of stuff that was that was unnecessary to replay. You know, uh, you know, a routine ground ball to third, you don't have to replay every time. You know, uh, a specific play, yes, but but uh, you know, a close play at first or something else, somebody being thrown out of the play. But yeah, but a ground ball to second base fits an easy four to three out. You don't need to have a replay. And in the early days, everything was fair game, and Murph would not do it. And he finally got his event, and he finally got something. Bob, you talked about the changes in technology, and and I was just wondering. What would your stance, your, your suggestion be on those who are coming out, entering the field, and even even drawing upon some of your you know previous experience in thinking about new mediums, different ways of broadcasting, about adjusting going forward to things that you may not have experience with? Oh, I think uh, I think new stuff can be good, can be both good at or bad. Depends on what it is and who's doing it and what. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes there's overkill. Sometimes they don't do some of the things they probably should do. But each, each, each producer, each director, each broadcaster is unique. So that's where all the different ideas come from. I mean, the technology has improved. You can cover a lot more and do stuff. And, you know, uh, you know it's gone from a two, three or four camera game to, uh, Six and seven cameras, and you know, and you get to a Super Bowl, and there's a ridiculous amount of cameras. Uh, you know, it's what you can do with it, and how it's how you use it. It's not what you have. You know, you may have all this technology, but you don't have to, you know, be a show. Use it when it's appropriate, not every time. You know, uh, every time something happens, that that's ordinary. And that was Murph's message to me. Hmm. As just somebody who was watching, who was watching the games, and uh, you know, it was a valuable. He was very good. They, the NFL, used to hire him to do uh, the um, replay cameras at the Super Bowl for a while. He was, 
Murph was good in what he did. Hmm. He was one of the best directors in the country. He got he got network job, network stuff when he wasn't working at Channel Eleven. And something I think is so great about that, Bob, too, is you talk about how even when technologies change, a lot of the things to keep in mind remain the same. And one of the last things I wanted to ask you was, you've mentioned a few things already about you know being yourself, about the importance of, of uh, having nuance in terms of using technology. I'm curious if there's anything, if you were to talk to a current FUV student or somebody who's coming in as a freshman, to keep in mind, or something that you would want them to keep at the top of their head as they navigate their career at WFUV as a, as a tenant to keep in mind. Oh, I don't think the message has changed. Uh, First thing I want them to do, him or her to be, is to be themselves. You know, don't go, don't go out there and try and be Vince Scully or Kevin Harlan or anybody else. Go out there and be yourself. You are unique. You bring something different to the game than anybody else. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, and and pay attention and and learn. It's all new to you, but learn. You've been watching this all of your life. And now, now, you're in, now you're in college, and you get a chance to go out and broadcast it or participate in, in some kind of a broadcast. Uh, take what you've learned and, and, and work with it, and uh, if something comes up that you think is interesting, it's different, broach it to your, to your boss, and uh, go from there. Bob, Alex, and we'll get you out of here on this one. Really appreciate you, you taking so much time with us here on the Off the Air podcast. Curious, as Alex asked about the incoming freshman and making the adjustment coming to WFUV, on the flip side, toward the tail end, for the older students who are making their way into the workforce, what advice, if any, would you suggest to them as they make the transition? Uh, I think it's, it's the same thing. Uh, I don't think it's any different where, wherever you go. Each, jo- each job you go, each place you go, brings something new. The technology brings something new while you're there at times, too. Uh, uh, I mean, let's, let's put it this way. Uh, the pandemic caused announcers, uh, TV, and both radio, both, especially radio, but both, both sets of announcers, to call to call a game from a monitor in their home arena when the team was away. Nobody had ever done that from the current from, from the group that was doing stuff. At the, you know, when the pandemic came along, you know, uh, there was a time when teams didn't go on the road, when broadcasters didn't go on the road. You know, baseball was that in early days was done over a, a telegraph machine for a road game, mm. uh, and the announcers did you know made stuff up, not didn't make stuff up, but got, got the thing off the ticker and, 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 and did the game. Now they can watch it off television and do the game, both radio, both radio and television. That, hap- that happened for about a year and a half, two years. And in some places it may still be happening for, for all I know. Uh, remember, travel, traveling for radio is not a huge experience. I mean, it's expensive to travel. But if you travel... A, a radio team, you're traveling at the most three people. You travel a television team, you're traveling, you know, where are you picking them up from? Mm-hmm. Do they all come from the city in which the game is? Or do you travel to your producer and director? And, you know, how many people do you travel on the road? You know, do you travel to lead camera? I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. It's all different. Uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, that's a producer's job to, to, uh, to organize. But, you know... Uh, 
nothing is simple. But you got, but you can make it easy by knowing what you're doing. That's the best method. You know, learn well. Uh, don't be afraid to innovate, but make sure you innovate in the right way. That's all. Uh, and and always be yourself. Don't be someone else. I don't need somebody sounding like Mel Allen or Red Barber or Kevin Harlan. I want them to sound like like Nick and Alex, if it's Nick and Alex doing the games. I don't want them to sound like somebody else. But if you guys do games, just be yourself, period. That, that's the basic message. Uh, everybody doesn't need the same style. Some guys may be better. Some guys may have better reputations. But there's only one Vin Scully. There's only one Mel Allen. There's only one Red Barber, okay? I was, you know, fortunate enough to have them all in New York and at the same time. So, you know, a lot of great announcers, but they're all, but they're all not based in New York, as I've learned. New York is not the be-all and end-all. It's partially that <laughs> because, it, because it's the headquarters for all the places. I mean, you know, New York and, and Los Angeles. But... but uh, but you, but you gotta be, but you got, but you gotta be yourself, and uh, unless you're yourself and do the job that in, in your way, uh, and everybody doesn't do it the same way, but the end result becomes the same. Uh, I mean, how many people do you know that sound like Vince Scully on the air? Nobody, not, not many, no, not many. Okay, but you know there are, but you've heard a lot of other excellent announcers on the air, mm-hmm. correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the point. Uh, Vin is. Yeah, they may be one of a kind, but he isn't the only one of a kind. Hmm. And, you know, uh, I mean, I was blessed enough to grow up in New York. Look, uh, when I was here, there were three baseball teams. You know, and then came 1968, there was only one. Hmm. 58, 59. There was only one. So, you know, uh, and now they're back to two. But, you know, uh, the world ke- the world keeps changing. You know, uh, I never imagined each of the leagues having more than th- having even thirty teams. They all do. Yeah. yeah. So you know, uh, it's 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 grown. It's a multi-million, probably multi-billion towards the multi-billion-dollar enterprise. You know, uh, look at what they look at the look, look at the cost of doing games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Look at the last. Look at the right speed. Yeah. So all this stuff. You guys know. It, you know, there's a lot of money involved in all this. Yeah, absolutely. It, people can't afford to get it wrong. That's the big thing. Hmm. They got to they got to keep their audience in the ratings. You know, uh, you know, the teams have to too. But you know, uh, that's a whole different story. Longtime executive producer and sports director at WFUV, Bob Aaron's glad to hear that you're doing well, Bob. We really appreciate. You taking some time on the Mount Rushmore here in the history of WFUV. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Wrapping up here after an outstanding conversation, both on and off the air with Bob Aarons, Nick DeLuca, Alex <laughs> Wolves here with you. And and Bob, just a, a fountain of stories. I mean, it's it's incredible. You know, you, you can talk about anything from baseball to hockey to football. To Bob's got a story about it all and, and has seen so much throughout his time at WFUV. Um, amazing 
to tap into some of those and just to hear some of those great things he was able to share with us. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Nick, there's a lot of individual pieces you can break down, right? Whether it's him introducing workshops, him introducing beat reporting, him talking about one-on-one, or him you know, talking about the art of broadcasting. There's, there's so many different compartments you can talk about with Bob, but like you said, an overarching, just incredible person, incredible experiences, and really some of the greatest stories you're going to hear because, and to get that first-hand account like we talked about from him, on some of these great moments and great stories is really, really special. And just a lot of, so many people have walked through the FUV's halls and so many people have worked with him and to just hear all those stories in one place is a, is a really, really special thing. Yeah, and the and the overarching thing for Bob, and, and great to hear this from him, just the impact, that was what he enjoyed the most. Not necessarily one story, one experience or another, but just the ability to impact these students who come through and then to see them go on and do great things. And any number of guys that he was able to mentor, he, he says that he enjoys the phone calls and hearing mm. from those guys and just understanding where they are headed mm. so much now in, into his retirement. And that's something that really resonated with me. Yeah, and I think something on a similar note that resonated with me was the fact that, you know, we've talked a lot about something you brought up repeatedly and Bob talked about too, was about how technology's changed, about how things have changed, about how the medium has changed. But for him, it's all the same, right, at the end of the yep. day in terms of what your goal was as a broadcaster. He's still teaching the same things Marty Glickman taught, which are the same things you and I are being taught, right? And that's, I think, the really important thing, too, and why there's been such staying power with FUV is those same principles, those same things that you keep at the top of your mind. And Bob really, regardless of what has changed, really giving you those same principles, and you can learn so much from him even so many years later. And that's a really, really special thing, too, and just so lucky to have the, the chance to talk to him and get some of those lessons for ourselves. You know, you leaving or you're someone that's a freshman coming in, right? There's a lot to take away from him, which is really, really exciting. Yep, absolutely. Every time you talk to Bob Aarons, you're bound to learn something, something whether yep. it be a story, a nugget, something that can help you practically in this profession and, and getting an opportunity to talk with him was was so outstanding. That should just about wrap it up for us here on the Off the Air podcast. Once again, our special thanks to the longtime executive producer and sports director here at WFUV, Bob Aaron. Stay tuned on WFUV social and YouTube channels for all things Off the Air, and it's a production of WFUV Sports.